This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. Bear down, baby. That's it. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Haw and Dan Weeder. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast. I'm David Haw from 670 The Score, Dan Weeder from the Chicago Tribune. It's been a day unlike any other at Hallis Hall in recent years, maybe ever. That's why we're doing what we call in the business an emergency pod, Dan. You were at Hallis Hall all day. I saw your tweets. I've enjoyed and appreciated your coverage. I have been out there for days like this, but I don't know if this you know, is probably one of the more unusual ones ever. In your 10 years, where would you rank today's activities and news at House Hall? I mean, it's definitely top 10. It's probably top five. Um, you know, I, I said to, to uh, someone in the building, I said, this isn't the first time that we've, we've heard the circus organs around here. And uh, that person agreed. It felt like that kind of day, right? Like where you hear those organs playing. And David, this is an 0-2 football team on a 12-game losing streak going to play the Chiefs on Sunday. And the last thing they can afford is to have a whole bunch of peripheral distractions to deal with. They have to figure out how to stop Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And today was like one uppercut after another uppercut after a third uppercut, followed by a shot to the gut, followed by a fourth and fifth uppercut. And I like, I don't even know where to start because that 35 minutes in the morning where we heard from Justin Fields and then Matt Eberflus, it was in my own estimation, jaw dropping at all of the stuff that came out from the news of Braxton Jones, <laughs> you know, going on IR after not missing a snap through the first year plus of his career to Justin Fields' commentary on what has been making him play robotic to the mystery surrounding Alan Williams, which got another chapter later in the day when he offered his resignation to the Bears. It was just nonstop head spinning. And I'm not sure any of those three things that I just mentioned have um, a resolution yet or closure, right? And so the, the Bears have to work to get through all that stuff. Oh, by the way, while preparing to play the team that hoisted the Lombardi Trophy last year. Yes, and playing the Kansas City Chiefs and, and attacking that challenge on this Wednesday is the least of the Bears' concerns as things turn out. So I will prioritize them. This will be the order that we attack them today because this is what I think the news 
in terms of order of significance. Number one, we're going to talk about Alan Williams resigning and all that comes with that. Secondly, we're going to get into the Justin Fields comments about how he very openly offered the, the answer that coaching was getting in the way and he was thinking more than reacting and a lot was there. And then his backtracking later in the locker room or clarifying saying he was taken out of context. The third biggest news item, I think at house you referenced, it was Braxton Jones. When you lose your starting left tackle and he goes on injured reserve with a neck injury and an issue that threatens his entire season, I think. So we need to get into that. And then finally, not last, but probably least, <laughs> but still Nathan Peterman getting released is not any small thing because Justin Fields complained about too many voices in his head. I guess he won't be hearing from Nathan Peterman any longer because he will be gone. So let me just tell you about that for a second, because I'm not even sure what time that came through or when the email was sent or when that became official, but things were happening at such a breakneck pace. And there were so many different things happening at once. And when you have a situation like the Alan Williams situation going on, you're on the phone a lot throughout the day. You know, you're making calls, you're taking calls, you're trying to gather information. I had no idea that Nathan Peterman had been released for at least like 75 minutes uh, after it was done. And somebody had mentioned something. I said, wait a second. That's part of this day too. Is that, that Peterman got released? And sure enough, the backup quarterback being released is like the fifth most significant thing to happen inside the building on the Wednesday of week three. And oh, by the way, happy birthday, Ryan Poles. He's oh 38 God. years old today. Of all the things that he could get for his 38th birthday, he got one crisis after another, after another, after another. And his, and his football team, as you point out, 12 losses in a row, historically bad last year, and it is a total mess at House Hall. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Dan, let's start with the biggest news. Alan Williams, the defensive coordinator who missed Sunday's game in Tampa due to personal reasons, resigned. He issued a statement. It was distributed to reporters on uh, his own stationery. It was not on Bears letterhead. I think that is somewhat significant. The Bears statement saying that Alan Williams had resigned did not wish him well, does not include your ordinary pleasantries you often see. There's more to this story. His attorney, which was hired hastily today to represent him, and he appeared on the score, Andrew Stroth, 
said that there was nothing to the reports on social media pertaining to a raid, pertaining to any criminal activity. So he was going to attend to his health and to his family. But the bottom line is that Allen Williams, the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, out the door under some very, very mysterious circumstances. Yeah, so I'm going to try to be as careful as I can with this subject because, as you know, it's it's just really hard to share what you know and what you don't know in a way that doesn't further speculation. And I think obviously some of this story got got kind of wild with the way that the speculation mushroomed on social media. And then when it gets shot down in other departments, now you don't know what to believe and what not to believe. There's a fundamental tenet of journalism, right? That says, if your mother says she loves you, check it out. And basically it's like, don't take everyone at their word. I will tell you that the statement that came across our desk today, handed out, by Bears Public Relations uh, late in the afternoon is something that the Chicago Tribune is going to check out. Okay, like that that's the way I'm going to put it because Brad Biggs and I, for three days leading up to today, um, have been on the phone. We have been talking to people. We have been collecting things that have been chatter coming from inside the building and elsewhere in the league. And there is something here that deserves to be checked out. Uh, Andrew Stroth was someone that I spoke with this afternoon. I appreciate him. Uh, putting his voice on things. When I asked how long he'd known Alan Williams, he, he declined to uh, offer that. Um, maybe I, you know, I, so I can't, I look, I'll stop there because I don't want to say something I, I'd regret sure. there, but obviously David, you know, and, 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 and you've been at this long enough and responsible at this long enough to understand that like there, th- th- this is far from finished being reported. And so we will just continue to have uh, our, our ears open, our eyes open, our feet on the ground and try to find out more. And we both have been communicating with our buddy, Brad Biggs at the Tribune, who is as respected as anybody on that beat. And, and connected. To, <laughs> and connected. Absolutely true. And both of you have a lot of contacts throughout the league, but I just want to reference, as you point out, Brad's tweet from Wednesday afternoon, which says lots of speculation about the status of Alan Williams. This was before the statement and the, and the resignation. And Brad says this, I can tell you for the last three days, we've been operating under the belief that his absence has not been related to health or a family matter. And I think that that came out and then the resignation came later after that tweet and it referenced health and family matters. I do agree with you based on the people that I've spoken to. And I know based on what your information is and the reporting going on, this is not the end of the story. And I think there will be more that will come out you're right. You have to be very careful in what you say, and you have to be extremely responsible and professional with what you report. So Alan Williams out. Bottom line is, too, Dan, is that when you have a football team that's reeling with a defense that is as bad as the Bears has been, this is not a this is not a development that, that is going to be just like, OK, business as usual. This affects every aspect of the Sunday operation, especially if if. Matt Eberflus decides to continue to call plays and use use his faculties as a head coach to call defensive signals, which takes him away from his duties as a head coach. Well, let's talk about a couple of things with this, and I'll start here because players in that locker room have been as confused by this Alan Williams saga as you and I and the rest of the masses in Chicago have been. And then today, when you have a lot of things circulating around social media, you walk into an open locker room setting and there's guys showing each other their phones, you know, and, and, and you see guys having those conversations and you know what's happening. 
you know, people are trying to figure out what is true and what's not and what is going on with the guy that was uh, chosen to run our defense. You know, and I talked to Demarcus Walker for a few minutes and he said, look, like I'm trying to learn as much as you guys are trying to learn. And I, I don't know, but I also understand that as a team, you know, we've got to keep the, the main thing, the main thing and focus on on trying to, to, to beat the Chiefs. And so it's up to the veteran leaders on that defense to to keep that focus razor sharp because this isn't an easy task and now they've got a whole bunch of things to distract them and to take away brain power and time and and all of the things that go with that when you're trying to build trust within a culture and one of these things unfolds the way it does it's um it's hard it's going to be a difficult challenge for them the other thing that i'll tell you just circling back to to, to brad and his connections i know you know this when, on days like today um you know like i said i i got a call on my way home from an exec elsewhere in the league that that wanted to know what the heck's going on and wanted to uh to offer his opinion on things well brad is getting these call, calls all day you know and his phone is blowing up and every five minutes you, you know he'll lean over hey, you know and like here's this text and like and you see i mean like you see the you know the, the 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 layers of connection and this is a national story now this is something around the league that people are really curious a what the heck's going on b how are the bears going to adapt to it and c what does this mean for a football team that was already in such great turmoil walking into this week Great questions. And then before we leave this topic, because there's a lot more to get to, and we don't want to be here all night. I want to ask you this. Kevin Warren took the job committed to kind of changing what was business as usual at Hallisall, which business as usual over the last 10 to 15 years has been handling these things in a clumsy manner, not getting in front of the story and not understanding the power of perception and how it can affect reality. What do you expect? No, having given your, uh, connection to Kevin Warren, how would you think that he will handle what happened today and how to frame what's what's going to happen going forward? Yeah, I'm not certain, David, because I think this is still fluid and it's still evolving. And it is the first big test, um, obviously, not only for Kevin, but for the people that work under him to to kind of show what they're made of as, as he kind of evaluates the entire building. And I'm not sure that, you know, you know, like you ask about days that felt bizarre or similar to me like the the, the jeremiah ratliff day back in whatever year that was in the tw 2016 somewhere around there yeah. um where you, had a, where you had a police presence at hellas hall and then we didn't find out till a couple days later why the police presence was so heavy and it was because they had a disgruntled player making threats on people upstairs in the building you know very serious threats and, and you're like whoa my god like this is this is a lot for even an accomplished uh, team of, of cleanup experts to handle. Well, now this is a similar situation where the, 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 the layers that seem to be involved in this Alan Williams situation are deep enough that it's going to require a sophisticated, coordinated effort to, to handle to message properly, to keep within your bounds. I joked with our friend Kevin Fishbane on the walk out to the parking lot on Wednesday night, David, that we need the Daily Northwestern involved in this. <laughs> you you know, know, because because it, because like it, I, I bring that up, you know, part jokingly, but but just for the understanding of like you have to understand in this day and age that that the the desire to make things go away quickly doesn't always make things go away quickly. And no one can testify to that as much as people involved in the Northwestern football program can with what happened to them this summer. It's a great point and example. And I also think it reminds you that, boy, and it makes me wonder, do, does it always have to be the extreme? This does seem a very extreme thing that all of these all of these rumors surrounding this story and you wonder where it's headed. And it does remind you, it, it just starts with one 
report and then it mushrooms from there. It reminds me in terms of, and I asked you the question, I can answer it myself. You know, before you arrived way back and I think it was during the Tank Johnson era, mm-hmm. but his house got raided by the FBI for guns. And I was around when Sam Hurd was arrested for, yep. I think, dealing drugs and, and caught at a sting at O'Hare. Um, at a Gibson's, were, right? Right, right, right over by Gibson's, the airport? Yeah, by the airport. And, you know, I go way back to when, you know, the late Brian Robinson was involved and arrested in, in a very uncomfortable situation. And, and I can remember having to go to his locker and, and ask him uh, some very uncomfortable questions. But the, whenever there's whenever there's the uh, presence of, of somebody that is or a story that's beyond football, it can get messy and it can get, get complicated. And I think that's where we are today as it pertains strictly to the Allen Williams resignation. The other part of this is we're seven days into Allen Williams' absence from Hallis Hall. And at no point before today did they give any sort of indication that this was uh, family-related or health-related. Right. right. And they had multiple opportunities to, to – um, get people to stand down on that. And they had multiple opportunities on the record. They had multiple opportunities off the record and no one did. Right. And so, so your antenna as a journalist tells you, keep digging, keep going. There's more here. Um, yeah, so that that's part of it, and 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 like, uh, yeah, uh, I'll I'll stop there because stop there because I, 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 I know we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But last point as it pertains to the mechanics of calling plays and being the defensive coordinator, do you expect a quickly anyone to get promoted, or b if not promoted, who will handle play calling duties against the Chiefs or maybe for the rest of the season? Against the Chiefs, it'll be Matt Eberflus. He indicated as much on Wednesday that he will stay in that role uh, for this weekend's game. I would assume that he would stay there now he is uh multiple times now referenced john hoke uh friend of uh friend, friend of the podcast and and f- former uh former david haw sure, mentor sure. mentor right and and andre curtis the uh safeties coach as two veteran coaches who he really respects and is able to lean on in a higher capacity given that now he is going to be spread a little bit more thin than he'd like to be as the head coach of the chicago bears you know and so there are mechanics to this where you said at the outset the bears have a struggling defense well they also have a struggling offense and now if matt's going to take full ownership of the defense you got to have people on the other side of the ball also that you trust to to be able to handle that without the head coach's input being as heavy. What a mess, David. What a mess. And and again, as several of us in the building said today, you look down at your calendar and you go, it is September 20th. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. are 16 weeks left in this season, and it is hard to believe how much has already happened in the first. I mean, what we're like 12 days removed from the, the, the season opener. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of the offense and what a mess, Justin Fields also was behind the microphone today. Let's get into that because his first time at the microphone, and we'll get to what he said later in the locker room, but we're going to go in chronological order. Dan, Justin Fields essentially acknowledged that coaching was a problem. We'll hear from him in a moment, um, that he was thinking too much and reacting too little. And one of the problems with his performance against Tampa was that it was too robotic. And I think those were his words. And that next yeah. week against the Chiefs, he's going to start to say, oh, F this. I'm just going to do what I feels naturally or something to that effect. First of all, before we get to the audio of Justin Fields, we're going to hear from him. What was your initial reaction as he was saying this in real time? Jaw, floor. Just like couldn't believe it because the entire uh, availability began with probably the most vague question asked by Patrick Finley of the Sun-Times, which is essentially like, tell us what was good in the game against the Buccaneers and what was bad when you reviewed it, okay? And so Justin openly volunteered immediately that he felt like he was being too robotic. That felt like something that before he walked into that room, he was preparing himself to offer up and acknowledge that this has been a little bit clunky for me recently and it has been robotic and we were I think maybe two or three questions in and I think it was Cassie Carlson of Fox who who directly asked Justin uh, about uh, you know the the reasons you know and so so we'll get into some of the audio here in a minute and react to it um but you had a very free speaking and open Justin Fields ready to to spill some things and I guess maybe we'll hear it first and then I'll tell you a handful of things that that I would react to so he spoke for 12 minutes and this was the first thing that got the most reaction we're not going to hear all 12 minutes but this is enough to give you an idea of why it feels like to some people he lit a match it at least created some sort of controversy and and maybe a little bit of, of, of fires of controversy he tried to put out later this was Justin Fields in the morning be uh you know uh, coaching um i think but um you know at the end of the day it makes it you know uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me you know what to look at and stuff like that but at the end of the day i you know can't be thinking about that when the game comes i prepare myself throughout the week and then when the game comes it's you know it's it's, it's time to play free at that point so um you know just thinking less and you know playing more Hey, Justin, you know, we've heard this before from, from other athletes. There's just too many, like, coaching voices in your head at this point that you're trying to process so much. Is that kind of – is that part of what you're saying? Um, I don't think it's too many coaching voices, but I just think when, you know, you're fed a lot of information um, at a point in time and you're trying to think about that info, like, when you're playing, it's like it doesn't let you play like yourself. You're trying to – Know, process so much information to where it's like, you know, if I just simplified in my mind, I would have did this. Like I saw a few plays on Sunday to where if I was playing like my old self, like we would have had a positive play. Like there would have been, you know, a few more third down conversions. So um, I think that's the biggest thing for me is just, you know, uh, playing the game how you know I know how to play it, how I've been playing it my whole life. So that's what I got to get back to doing. For full context, Dan, 
Justin Fields was the one that introduced coaching as the reason or a reason why he didn't play well against the Bucks. Yeah. And it was, like I said, it was a, a, a direct response to a question from Cassie Carlson, which essentially asked, you know, why do you think you are thinking too much when you're playing all of a sudden? And he said, I think coaching probably, or whatever the direct quote was there. And so he offered that up. Right. And then, and then th that became the theme of the entire 11 and a half minutes. And we surfed through that 11 and a half minutes. I will tell you to a man, to a woman, every person that stood up when, when Justin Fields was done, kind of looked at each other with the like, Oh my God, like, did that just happen? It's week three. And it feels like the, 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 the starting quarterback just put the coaching staff on blast for some of his struggles. Now, I don't know if Justin intended that or not. I think in uh, sorting through everything he said, you, you can make the argument that it wasn't intended to come across as harsh as it was, but it was certainly intentional to, to put it out there right in, into the world. And if it wasn't intentional, then he wasn't prepared well enough going into his, his press conferences, which is, which is what one of the league execs who I talked to on, on the drive home today said is, is man, like when you're Owen two and you are struggling to the level that the bears are struggling right now. And there, there's all of this noise swirling in the outside world about who's doing what right. And who's doing what wrong. The entire goal of this session today, while the media may not like it, is to go in and not create a headline. Just not whatever you headline. whatever you do, do not bring matches in there. Move like, on. You know, there's a gas leak in there. Right. Leave your matches in your locker. Right. You know, and, and Justin brought a match and he lit it. And then there was an explosion. And it was there. And I'll, I'll go on in a, a minute or two to to discuss some of my um, own involvement in this story and, and responsibility for it. Um, but obviously we have more to hear from Justin and I, but like, you know, like we have to make sure that we do two things here. We address the, the sort of mini controversy that mushroomed up here and two also address what Justin is saying, which is, which is this whole desire to, to stop playing robotic and playing more free and more instincts. You know, Al Weederer, my, my old man used to tell me in grade school, don't think you hurt the team, right? Like that was what, what I was told over and over again. It was basically just like, go out and play. And if, once you start letting your brain get too heavy, you're a mess. And that's where Justin is right now. And I think he's trying to figure out a way out of that zone. And at the same time, now he's sort of created this, you know, other thing that has to be dealt with for at least 12 to 20 hours. When Matt Eberflus took the to the podium, of course, he was asked about what he thought about what Justin Fields had to say. This was Matt Eberflus after Justin Fields appeared. So every week I sit down with Justin uh, on, on Monday. You know, we go through some plays, you know, uh, good plays, plays that we need to talk about. And then we just sit and have a conversation, you know, that that could last for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, whatever that is, whatever we need uh, to make sure. But I know this, that he respects the partnership. Uh, between coaching, you know, and, and player, and we want his feedback. Um, you know, he wants our feedback, and that's how you get to honest conversations. And um, you know, the meeting we had this week was good. You know, it was good. Um, he expresses, you know, you know what he would like. You know, I express what he's doing well. You know, what he needs to work on, and that's always going to be the case. And uh, it was a good conversation. <laughs> okay, if he says so. I don't think that Matt Eberflus expected Justin Fields to put his coaching staff on blast today, which is essentially what happened in the Chicago market. When you are the quarterback of the Bears, you have to anticipate these things. My sense is that Matt Eberflus 
consumed with being the defensive coordinator, losing his defensive coordinator, probably had more important things to worry about today than to put out the fire that his quarterback started. Look, and I think this is a quarterback that's just feeling it right now in terms of the pressure and the the strain of the losing and the um, urge to break through. And and it's it's frustrating right now. And he's searching for answers and, 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 and it came out. Yep. wrong. And like, look, like I asked Matt later in that session, you know, how do you coach the freedom and the flow back into him? And essentially he said, look, you got to go through examples on the tape where you point out, Hey, on this particular play, this is where you had a, a an avenue to scoot up in the pocket, find your way up, climb it, make a, a throwing lane and, and let it fly. Or here's a, a, an opportunity to uh, let your time clock tell you to get out on the move. And as we talked about at length last week, and again, early this week, get out on the move and, and try to uh, make something happen as an improvised passer. Try to make something happen as the scrambler that we know you are a year ago. Justin has to find a way to unlock those things again. The Bears are trying to coach him to become a more complete NFL quarterback. And as much as a lot of people in this fan base and this market want to resist the um, you know, understanding of what it is to clear that next hurdle, to get to that next level of NFL quarterbacking, this is all part of it. This is part of the developmental process. And so they've got to get on the same page as a coaching staff and as a quarterback to get there. Now, at the end, I I, I asked Justin specifically about the strip sack he took late in the second quarter against the Buccaneers. And before the question was out of my mouth, he stopped me and said, yeah, that right there, that right there, that's what I'm talking about. That's an example where I sat in the pocket for five plus seconds and took a sack where a year ago I would have got out, used my legs and ran for positive yardage, you know? And so like he was, he was engaged in that moment and being like, you're pinpointing the exact kind of play that I'm talking about of being robotic and taking a potential big gain and turning it into a sack. And in that case, a strip sack that almost cost the ball, the bears, the ball and three points. So like any good reporter, you went to Twitter and tweeted out the information (laughs) or X. uh, I, I suppose it is about what Justin Fields had to say. Everybody in that room did the same thing. So Justin Fields, Maybe somebody got to him. Maybe he realized it himself. He did not like the way that it was being received. No, it was shown to him. It was shown to him. So maybe he was told to gather the media. It was during open locker room, Dan. You were there and everybody came around Justin Fields. He had something else to say. This was Justin Fields going off script, much like he needs to do more on the field. But this was Justin Fields in the Bears locker room at his locker. Anything to add? Before yeah, no, I was just going to say, keep in mind, this is essentially as he walks into the locker room as soon as practice ended. So mm-hmm. it's not like it was way later and Justin finally had a chance to digest and, and process what was out there in the ether. Like this practice ended and this was on the front of his radar almost immediately. And he assembled everyone in the media in front of his locker to, to issue a statement. And this is what he had to say. Got who asked the question, but I kind of knew that's what they were trying to get out of me. But um, yeah, uh, I said, I think I saw a quote. Aaron just showed me something on Twitter. I don't have Twitter because I just I don't need it. But um, it, it, it could be coaching, and you know, I'm, I'm you know, I, I love you guys, but you know, I get that you you guys' jobs are to get clicked. So it's like. When you take my quote out of context, when we just say that, if you paint the picture on the inside out, like, y'all are trying to split, split us up as a team. I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches. never going to blame anything on my teammates. I will take 
every whatever happens in the game, I would take all the blame. I don't care. It's a drop pass. It should have been a pass. Put it on me. But never when you hear anything come out of my mouth to where I will blame it on somebody else in this organization, my teammates, never will you hear that. So I just want to clear that up and just know that, like, I need to play better. That's it. Point blank. If, if y'all, that's that's what I should have said in the first place. But you know, I was trying to give y'all more details because you know I appreciate y'all for doing what y'all do, and I tried to give y'all the information y'all want before you guys drop. So um, I'm gonna do that, and in the future, like, but I ask you guys just just to put the whole quote out. Don't cut it up into words and pieces to make it seem like I'm saying something that I'm not. So um, again, appreciate you guys what you do, and um, y'all are blessed. That's it. Justin Fields, you're not in Columbus anymore. I understand it's tough. I understand you feel you're taken out of context, but today was another day in the development and the education of a young quarterback. This was a mess of his own making. Doesn't mean that he was necessarily wrong, but you got to understand that if you call out your coaches at a press conference at Hallis Hall, in the Chicago market, you don't whisper to anybody in Chicago. It's going to be loud and it's going to be noisy and you better own it. And if you don't, you're not going to be here very long. So this is one other point that the executive I talked to today said. They said, is anyone in there helping him? Is anyone in there Bingo. Bingo. Getting, getting him to the podium to to allow him to understand which uh, landmines not to step on? You know, which traps not to jump into. I'm going to address some of the things that Justin said uh, case by case. Okay. We're after clicks. I plead not guilty. Not, not guilty. N- not guilty. You've never uh, been after clicks. Taking 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 him out of context, not guilty. Took not him guilty. directly in contact. Trying to split the bears apart, not guilty. The one that I will that I will, will meet him halfway and maybe even go two-thirds of the way and meet him on his side is not immediately providing full thoroughness because this is the challenge of the job in 2023 and and we'll peel the curtain back here because we said on our very first pilot episode that we were going to be honest and and thorough here um that press conference ended with justin and eberflus talking back to back and i put out a three or four message tweet just detailing the things that we you know these are the bullet points these are the, the headlines you know left tackle out for a while uh defensive coordinator no one knows where he is uh, quarterback, and I used the phrase, I, th- I think I said he bit the pin off the grenade and rolled it into the building. You did. Okay, so yeah. if I'm going to be, if I'm going to demand responsibility and accountability from people I cover, I'm going to take some myself. And I, I, I probably um, should have reread that one before I put it out there, uh, realizing that, that that could be one of those ones that, that takes on a life of its own and puts Justin in a awkward and, and uh, unfortunate situation. Obviously, there's a bunch of other reporters in that room. There were a bunch of other things that came out there. If that was one of the tweets he took exception to, um, I owe him a little bit of an explanation at the very least. And, and and hopefully I'll get a chance at his locker to tell him that. I did go back a little while later when the dust settled and there was time. And I put out, before Justin gave that whole entire statement that we just listened to, I put out all of his sentiments or most of his sentiments from that session with the media. So it was like, hey, Stay tuned for more. And then I gave you more. I gave every single one of those sentiments and gave it a fuller picture. And the story that I was also writing for ChicagoTribute.com, because we got to do a little bit of everything on an afternoon like this, you know, also kind of used that play that he referenced and some of the 
comments he was making and the way Matt reacted to him to, to, to give that the, 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 the thoroughness and context it deserved. The problem is social media doesn't allow for that all the time. And so I probably stepped in it there with the, the grenade tweet and I probably need to own that a little bit. I really do, sure. honestly. And I don't know how you feel about that, but like, I, I do, but I think well, in- I, I, I applaud you for owning it for, from my perspective. And look, my role has changed a lot, but I've been here for a long time and, and been through other quarterbacks who have, you know, lobbed grenades in the direction of their offensive coordinators or head coaches. You take going back to beginning yeah, right. with Cordell Stewart and Dick Duran and John Shoup to, you know, Rex Grossman, who didn't always see eye to eye with Ron Turner um, to, you know, Jay Cutler, who never, apologized for shots that he took a very uh, a variety of head coaches with the famous clip on the field <laughs> of, you know, telling what he could tell Mike Martz. So w- what I feel like this reminded me of Dan was, uh, and I want to be fair to Justin Fields because I do think that he still has a chance to be a significant player in the NFL. And I still think that he has a chance to even be the bears quarterback if they handle this correctly. And I'm not sure that they can, but anyway, I, it reminded me of uh, this is one of those moments where, you know, we, we still remember the day that Mitch Trubisky said that, you know, he, he needs to turn off the TVs in Hallis Hall. And yep. it revealed an immaturity and, and maybe uh, a flaw in him in terms of the leadership uh, piece that every quarterback of any NFL franchise needs. You know, Justin Fields should be oblivious to context, frankly. And, and I think that if he is as mature as we have portrayed him to be, then his blip at a morning press conference when he was honest about what's gone wrong with him, what we have said on this podcast and what you have written in the paper and I've said on the radio, he has been too robotic. He's thinking too much. They're overcoaching him. All the things that Daryl Johnson said in the booth in Tampa, Justin Fields confirmed today. Own it. Own it. Well, and that's the other part is I, I just I don't think that they're over coaching him. I think they are coaching him. I think they are trying to show him a path to breaking through to get to well, the that, next level that he needs to get through. That's a that football is called debate. quarterback development. That's you know? a football debate. Okay, and we can have that debate. But when you are the leader of a team, you can't say that the problem isn't me. It's coaching. He was right the second time he spoke. He was better off script like he is on the field It is in his locker. You have to say it's on me. That's the role a quarterback has to play. You have to say it's all noise and I'm numb to it, even if you aren't, because that's what you do when you lead a football team. You have to be oblivious to all of the noise around you. You also have to have guardrails that other people help to put around you so that you don't do these things, right? And there has to be an infrastructure inside a building because this is a really difficult league to have success. And the other part, David, is that this is is a team that just like they haven't tasted victory in, I don't know what we're up to now, 331 days at this point. Um, And and so like there's been no relief. There's been no moment since New England last year where it's where it's just been all you haven't had that full rosy week where 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 the the decompression, you know, the temperature and the decompression in the building is significant. And so they need that. And guess what? It's not coming this week to the start of the podcast when we're talking about moments in franchise history that that like a day like today 
relates to, you think back to the Robbie Gold, Brandon Marshall kerfuffle in the locker room after the Miami game. And what happened the next week? They went and played a really good New England team on the road and the Patriots scored 21 points in 53 seconds and kicked their teeth in, you know, and I I just, I like, I'm, I I am very concerned that this trip to Kansas city is going to be one of those ones we talk about 10 years from now as being like, remember that week and remember how it ended, you know, 2000 and, and, 20 i guess it was or no 21 when there was the patch.com thing and they somehow on a short week with andy dalton as their quarterback went to detroit and stole a victory on thanksgiving day the bears could use that they don't have lines no they're not that's what i'm saying and so i think we're looking at the potential of like 49 to 10 yeah on on sunday this has definite trustman era vibes this has definite feel all day right all day all day, it feels like 2014 all over again. You were here for that. I lived through that as well. It, it, up until today, I was resisting the the urge or resisting that idea, but I can't really do it any longer. Dan, this is an emergency pod. It was supposed to be mini, but it's major. <laughs> Let's get to the last two points. I want to get your impressions quickly yeah. because there are two headlines that would be bigger and bolder uh, on any oh, yeah. other day. Braxton Jones goes on injured reserve with a neck issue. It, Matt Eberflew said – it's going to be four weeks. How did it happen, and what what did they do to replace him? Yeah, not sure how it happened. Braxton uh, was walking around at practice and in the locker room, um, so it didn't appear majorly serious, but it's a neck issue, right? And you're not going to mess around with that too much. So let's see how quick this recovery timetable is and what some of the further evaluation Braxton gets is. Um, when you talk about what they do there, I think they're trying to find that answer. Matt Eberflus volunteered up the idea that Larry Borum could slot in immediately at tackle that Jatari Carter could actually move outside to tackle and give them some time there. Uh, if Nate Davis is able to, to resume his duties inside. And then I asked if there was any talk of, of potentially moving first round pick Darnell Wright from the right side to the left side. And Matt said that it is in the conversation that their preference would be to leave him as a rookie where he's at so he can get comfortable, but that it is in the conversation. And I talked to Darnell in the locker room later, he made a move from left tackle to right tackle his last year at Tennessee, because he realized that their uh, roster didn't have guys who could hold down the right tackle job the way it needed to be held down. And so he volunteered and moved over there and did a pretty good job. And so he's open to whatever they want to ask him. I think everyone would like him to just stay on the right side for now. But Who's everyone? Who's everyone? Nobody asked me. Nobody asked me. call for desperate measures, I, I, right? And like, I, I, it I might, might be them, time. I, I might, might move him. I might too. I might move him. You draft a, you draft the offensive tackle at the 10th spot, and you're not exactly enamored with the guy who has committed two, six penalties in two weeks. And I know guys like, you know, Olin Cruz says that he's he's playing pretty well other than the penalties. Um how was it played, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> I, I think that, uh, okay, I, I would understand why they would leave him at right tackle, but given what this season is becoming, I might try him at left tackle. Yeah, well, and look like you still, like, this all ties together with, like, you're trying to make Justin as comfortable as possible. So figure out whatever that looks like. But once again, this is another new combination that the Bears are going to trot out yep. in the Matty Berflus era on the offensive line. And we still don't even know what's going to happen in the interior. Lucas Patrick out with an illness on Wednesday of, of week three. So who knows who's going to be might snapping be just the ball. sick of the controversy. <laughs> is there a controversy sickness? Is that could be a thing? If all there right. is, I'm, I'm, I'm probably – Right behind them. You better get to the meta. Uh, you better get to urgent care just yeah. to get uh, maybe uh, some sort of shot. Do they have a bar there. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. That's fast. the shot I need. <laughs> so, all right, let's wrap up with the quarterback news of the day. Nathan Peterman released. What does that mean? 
think of all the questions that we have to ask Luke Getze on Thursday, including Nathan Peterman released. What does that mean? I think I mean, they released yeah. Nathan Peterman just so Getze wouldn't have to ask her questions about Justin Fields. I, 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 I wish I knew. I was joking with the guys at the Sun-Times today. I said, I'm really looking forward to seeing the back page of the Sun-Times <laughs> on Thursday where it said, so long, Nate, you know, that they chose that as their headline from today. And, and out goes Peterman. I don't know what this means. I honestly, I can't give you any context. I can't give you any insight. I feel kind of lost by this because now you only have two quarterbacks on the roster. Um, maybe Nathan Peterman was the one who was overcoaching Justin Fields. Who knows? <laughs> they had to get rid of him later in the day and say, Nate's nuggets were, were too long, right? And, and Justin's head's filled with too many talking points. Scram, Tyson doesn't tell him anything, and we're just going to roll forward. I don't know. I don't know, honestly. That's what know. makes you wonder. Is like too many voices in his head. Let's eliminate one of them. Goodbye, Nathan Peterman. You were talking too much. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, who knows? <sighs> All right, so <sighs> this was an emergency pod. We got to all of the main things. There's a lot going on. The situation <laughs> is fluid. Be responsible in the news that you digest. Be responsible in what you might retweet out there, Bears fans. You can do whatever you want. You have that right. But I do uh, think experience from both Dan and I tell us to be careful with what necessary you believe and, and also with, with all of the things that are swirling out there. Just be smart in the news you consume. Be patient and be patient. You know, that's the hardest part in this day and age where everybody wants immediate answers now. I mean, I've got I've got Bears fans friends. My phone was blowing up today with people who needed the immediate insight into what was happening with everybody. I said, like, look, like I, I can tell you some of it. I can't tell you all of it. I, some of it, I have no clue what's going on. And so, um, you know, like, again, like we may have to change the name of this podcast to this is fluid. I think is what you just said a minute ago. Well, Take the North. We, you know, welcome to the, this is fluid podcast. And we'll, uh, if they don't win a game soon, it could, it could be relinquish, relinquish the North. <laughs> I mean, that's a little hard thing to tweet. I mean, that's a little bit wordy. All right, so we'll be back to do our predictions with our normal time dropping Friday morning, but this is an emergency podcast. I love the idea of that because it stresses the urgency, and this has been a very crazy day at House Hall. Dan, great job with all of your reporting and tweeting and all the stuff. So thanks for weighing in. Adam Sadzinski, our producer, thanks for getting us time tonight to drop this. For those guys, Adam and Dan, I am David Hoff of the Mullane Haw Show, back on the air, 5.30 on Thursday morning to talk about it all again. We'll be here for you. Thank you for listening on the Take the North podcast, on your free Odyssey app, and watching us on the 670 Scores YouTube page. We'll talk to you next time. Holy crap. Great talk. See you out there.